we are recording now. Oh, another one of these? Another one. Welcome to the Project X podcast. This is episode number two. I am Alan Smith. I'm Dave. And, um, yep. I've already started with the ums. Already? <laughs> and, <laughs> You're going to have to do something about that we, tick a little we, bit. Yes, I know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this episode, we are going to be talking about bands that never broke big. We have some criteria on this. Okay. Before we start with that, okay, I just want to state that I'm completely and totally unprepared for this. Um, we had a major storm roll through yesterday yes yes we did um we had 80 mile an hour straight line winds blow through here at the house last night i know you didn't get it as bad because you're at the bottom of the ridge right right but we didn't have power and i've got sleep apnea which means i have a cpap machine which means i got little to no sleep which means we're old (laughs) and more than a little fat but yeah, no sleep apnea machine. So I got little no sleep. The house got hot because there was no air conditioning. And then just about the time I nodded off to sleep, the power came back on at 4 a.m. and scared the crap out of everybody because every light in the house was evidently well, on. on. Yeah. And the the TV evidently came back on. Yes, so. that's always fun. That's jarring yeah. when that kind of thing happens. So. Especially just as you've just gotten to sleep. And then, yeah, I know. So, so anyway. We have some rules about okay. bands that never broke big. What are, what are the rules? I don't, I don't know. Uh, anyway. we're gonna, we're, like <laughs> we said, let's, let's put it, Well, we're also, even setting rules a lot of times, you're, you're kind of doing it on the fly. Bands that are on my list and yours as well, I know had hits. So we're talking about national exposure. They had some kind of national exposure. They, you know, maybe they were on a soundtrack. Maybe they had like a radio hit. Um, Video on some kind of video. Like back when videos meant something, you know, with MTV and and VH1 both. Uh, I will say that one of mine doesn't necessarily qualify for that, but they do have national exposure. Okay, and someone you've probably heard of. Also, we're not comp. We're you, we're not saying that these bands weren't good or popular, or or, or or that they weren't popular inside their group. They just never made it. Big. We're, we're talking about Guns and Roses. Yeah, we're not Cinderella. talking about somebody like that. We're talking about like, well, the bands that we're on here. Someone, but someone on a level like. Uh, Maybe had an album or two, had Jim a couple Blossoms. of hits. Yeah. Okay, which Jim Blossoms is not on either one. but And it's one of those things you're like, well, yeah, you know, they were really big in the 90s. They were big for like two years. Yeah. And uh, had legit. What, had what, three singles? They uh, No, they had more than that. You, you get thinking about it, They actually had, okay, we're already getting on a tangent, but all right, their first album, New Miserable, New Miserable Experience. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Jealousy. Yeah. Allison Road. Yeah. Until I Hear It From You. Yeah. Three no, hits. actually, no, that wasn't on there. It was uh, Until I Fall Away and found out about you those were all four singles off of that one okay and then then they had had, the one single off of the empire records that was until i hear it from you yeah but they also um they released another song or but that song was also on their second album and the other single that was on that one was follow you down and you know it if you heard it yeah yeah i'll follow you down you know yeah okay after that, nothing. Crickets. They did stuff. You know, they broke up. Matter of fact, I saw them last year because it was the 25th anniversary of New Miserable Experience being released. Yeah, I wanted to go to that show. It was great because they did the entire album. You know, and, and then after they did the whole album, then they did their hits. And they also, actually, they just put a new album out last year as well. Really? Which is, some of it's good, some of it's not. It's kind of up and down. But... We're talking about that kind of stuff, where it's somebody who came out that, you know, that one's a little more extreme because they did have multiple hits. Yeah. But we're talking about someone who had all the goods. It's all there. The musicianship's there. The, you know, and look, whatever is there. They had the charisma. They had, you know, they had the songs, but they just never... Never quite. Never quite. Hit. They, they flirted with it a little bit. They might have had, you know, something that got into the top 40, you know, but... It, they that was it you know yeah. so 
So that's where we are. Uh, apologies up front to anyone who gets mad because we said that your favorite band never made it big. It's just believe remember, me, it's all subjective and your opinion sucks. I did five. Dave did five. The five that are on my my list are bands that I love. Every single one of them. Yeah, same here. But when the ones that I have seen, I've never seen them play to more than a few hundred people. You know, it's just kind of one of those things, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to start it off or do you want me to? Uh, go ahead. All right. Who's your first one? Number one. Who am I going to start with? Okay. The first one I'm going to start with is actually still going. Like, they just, they're on tour. Um, they were opening for someone recently, like a big band. Like the, I can't remember who it was now. Anyways, it's the band Metric. Hello again, friend of a friend. I knew you went. Our common goal was waiting for the world to end. Uh, you have, said you don't know. Okay. I have never heard of this band. I have known about Metric for about 10 years now. Okay. The reason that I found out about them, they're a Canadian band. Okay. They're a synth pop rock something. I don't know how to explain it 100%. Okay. Um, they have a female lead singer, Emily. And of course, now I can't remember her name. But it, but anyway, they're, they're really good. I found out about them because uh, they are on the soundtrack for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, that's a great movie. Yes. Okay. You know the song that um, when Envy Adams comes back to town, the clash at Demon Head? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. their song. That's not them doing it. That's actually Brie Larson singing the song, but that's their song. Uh, it's called uh, Black Sheep. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's that's where I initially found out about them. And okay. then I was like, oh, I really dig this song. And so I started looking into more of their stuff. I think they had two albums at that time. Like they had a new one. Had, the new one had just dropped. And they had one prior to that. And I just, I bought it all. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was like, wow. And yeah, I really I really like them. Um, maybe they will break through, but I have a feeling they're not going to because bands don't break the way they used to. No. And they're also a little older. Uh, like Easy. Easy. Well, they're like our age. Like I said. I know, but, it, but it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like, I'm glad to see someone who is relatively new-ish that, and I say new-ish because like I said, they've been around 10, 11, yeah. 12 years, something like that, but they were still in their 30s when they kind of got going you know type thing Um, so yeah that metric is my first and I'm going to you know I I will let you listen to some of their stuff because I've got it all (laughs) yeah I'm going to I'm going to need and I'm also going to drop some stuff into here and post so it's okay so the the people listening are like oh yeah those guys so yeah you're going to have to leave some of that here yeah I probably will so so (laughs) all right Dave who is your 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 first one what did I put down on the list over there I I just kind of blurted them out and you jotted them down for me here you go look at the the magic witch box Let's start with Urge Overkill. Urge Overkill. You, I'll let you talk about them, but I'm going to say, <laughs> if you grew up in the 90s, you might know two things by them. One, they had a minor hit called Sister Havana, which I still think is one of the best songs of the 90s. Yeah, I do too. And that then, actually that whole album, that, that saturation, saturation is a good is one of my favorite albums by them. The other thing you may know them from is if you have seen a little movie called Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. They did a cover of Neil, Girl You'll Be a Woman Soon by Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. <laughs> Not that song, song, not that song, but you can't you can't hear the words Neil Diamond (laughs) without doing it exactly. So Um, tell me about Urge Overkill. So 
it so happened that this little band was on this little movie called Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. and they were out touring. And a friend of mine, Kevin Connor, who we had gone to all the shows together, that you know back in the day, was like, "Hey, they're coming to town. Let's go see them. They're at 328 Performance Hall." I was like, "Yeah, cool." I think I forget who opened up for him. I want to say it was like. It was somebody weird, like quicksand or pavement. Or, no, pavement. Or, that was maybe helmet that they. That, uh, <laughs> We're getting into the '90s. Like, All those shows run together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we went and saw him at the show, and yeah, I had liked the song in the movie, but the show is what did it for me. They put on an amazing live show. Okay. And after the show, I went out and bought everything I could find of theirs including a little album called Exit the Dragon, which if you haven't heard anything off of that album, those are my top two albums from them, Saturation and Exit the Dragon. Okay. Really good, solid. They're they're kind of, they're out of Chicago and they were kind of lumped into that whole uh, noise scene out you of know, Chicago. Because I did own Saturation. And some of the earlier stuff, I can kind of see that. Yeah. I did own Saturation at one time. I uh, probably still have it in my iTunes somewhere. I know I have the song Sister Havana, cause it, and it gets regular rotation. Of, yeah. You saying they're out of Chicago? They are obviously influenced by Cheap Trick. Well, yeah. Yeah, and that's there. there's your Chicago, you know, that's... Um, but yeah, power pop, you know, like power pop oh yeah you know um but yeah the i knew when, when we started making this list i knew that dave was going to put urge overkill on this <laughs> they're, they're one of my favorite bands and yes, uh, i've got my buddy kevin to thank for making me go to the show thanks there you kevin. Go. okay <laughs> actually a lot of the music that i listen to today is probably because of kevin there's some stuff that i listen to that's not his fault yeah. but a lot of it is his fault so yes, yes. either thank him or blame him either way you want to nice take it. <laughs> all right he's he's still got amazing music taste i still okay. see him posting yeah. stuff i haven't I gotta, seen him in forever so yeah. yeah okay my number two drive-by truckers Jason Isbell was originally in, in, he was in Drive By Truckers. Yeah. Uh, Drive By Truckers has been around for a long time and has had a ton of members. Um, there is a great documentary about them that um, it's called, oh crap. Of course, now I can't remember the name of it, but it's about that era of of drive by, like when Jason Isbell was in there, which his first wife, Shoshana, was the bass player, and it was kind of one of those things they were falling apart. Yeah, as he was as he was um, having real issues with substance abuse problems. Yep, and he left the band and course now jason isbel is pretty big you know in his own right he, he should be bigger than what he is right he now, should be opinion. honestly but one he, of the more incredible songwriters out yes there. absolutely absolutely uh the hold on i'm trying to find it because i know i've got it here the name because I, I actually bought the documentary um on off of apple music or apple whatever it's called now from the devil company <laughs> it is called secret to a happy ending is the name of it okay uh, it's well worth watching um if you know if you can find it i think it's probably on streaming somewhere anyway they are the and i'm going to sound like someone who doesn't know what he's talking about here um well that's both of us well, yeah, it's, it's, all, a, it's all opinion and all subjective um, give us a minute we're opening up magic witch well box. yeah there's that but it's like okay so patterson hood who basically Patterson Hood and Mike Cooley um, have been with it forever. Yeah. In the documentary, in The Secret to a Happy Ending, Jason Isbell at one point says, 
this this band is not supposed to work because you have he, he basically says you have me and my wife who are in our 20s you've got one guy that's in his 30s and one guy that's in his 40s and he's like this is not supposed to work <laughs> this yeah. you know type thing and that's the whole thing with them they also i think part of with they're not really a jam band but they can get jam bandy sometimes yeah and that's and that, but, that's kind of where they lose me a little bit yeah but the thing is is they've always had really good musicians great songs very southern yeah uh patterson hood's father um the you own the muscle shoals studio that they oh. yeah oh i so did not know grew, that so he grew up around all of that and in, i mean his dad like you know that that whole muscle shoal sound you know that kind of stuff that's oh, yeah. his father okay <laughs> he yeah was, was one of those guys him and the swampers exactly you know and that's you know so that's where he gets you know you, you can see it all in there side note have you seen the documentary on muscle shoals I, I need to watch it oh, it's it's on my queue to watch along with a whole bunch of other do- music documentaries absolutely need to watch that it is an amazing documentary here's the thing with the drive-by truckers if you don't know them, you don't know their music is basically what it comes down to. But it's all there. I highly recommend picking up Decoration Day. Oh, that... Uh, that album is I think my, isn't, freaking amazing. Is not Outfit on that? Yes, it is. That's my favorite song. Yes, from that Drive is on By. there. And the thing is, is that um, um, Jason Isbell yeah. wrote... Yeah, Jason Isbell did that song. Yeah. He also did the song Decoration Day, which both wind up on his live album. Yeah. And, oh, God, somebody so good. Somebody covered Decoration yeah, Day uh, recently. I forget, I forget who it was. I remember hearing it. I was like, hey, it wasn't a bad cover either. Oh, it was, it was, like, a, yeah, it was really a good, good. cover. Uh, but, yeah, check it out. Um, I mean, even the stuff without Isbell is good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's real good. Like, uh, there's one It's called um, Is Dark as Creation's Light. Yeah, that's really good, good. and that was that's post Isbel, yeah. and uh, it's yeah, it's you you can't go wrong with them. So yeah, drive by truckers. That's my number number two. Dave, nice. What do you got? Government cheese. All right. Government Cheese band that was started and created. There, there's a whole mythology behind this well, band, on. but it basically started in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yes, it did. Before we get into this, I want to go ahead and say this right now. I have met Tommy Walmack on a couple of occasions. Okay. I own some of his stuff. I got him to co- to sign my copy of the Cheese Chronicles. Nice. That's where a lot of, like, when Dave and I were growing up in Nashville, back in the late 80s into the very early 90s it was one of those things that you would see government cheese photos or not photos but like posters band posters band posters like blah blah blah, blah. stapled up on yes um telephone poles yes. and around town in but the, it actually goes back a little bit further oh it does that. That. what i was going to say i'm actually originally from glasgow kentucky yes, which is so. just over from right. so they were always kind of in right. the background while i was growing up i'm going to say this before anything i mentioned the cheese chronicles there is a book that tommy wilmack wrote in 1990 it was published in 1995 it's called the cheese chronicles the true story of a rock and roll band you've never heard of okay that title pretty much says it all pick it up and read it especially if you have any kind of aspirations of being in a band because everything that you will ever go through is spelled out in detail in this book and it's amazing and 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 Dave and I know because we have played in bands over the years. So. Yeah, let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah. Guitar player, drummer. Right here. Yeah. 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 We, so. We, yeah. So it's a- but basically, they had always kind of been in my periphery mm-hmm. most of my life, you know, because you kept hearing about the band. And then the book came out. Mm-hmm. And I read the book and I was like, I have been to every single one of these places. I know it mm-hmm. was like reading stories from my childhood. Yes. Because yes. You know, Glasgow, there's there's stuff to do there, but if you really wanted to do stuff, you went all the way over to Bowling Green. Right. That's just what you did. I know. I was looking at that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was about to fall off the table. And so when I went to college, I actually went to Western Kentucky, which is basically where they met and started mm-hmm. at. It was like having my own little tour guide. 
Yes. Because there were nights that I wouldn't be able to sleep and I'd break out the cheese chronicles and go, okay, where am I going to go looking for this now? And right. Get, and either go and find it or find out where it used to be. And, you know, that was kind of fun. Right. But the their major claim to fame is they finally got up big enough to where they had a video yes. on 120 minutes. For, for a wonderful song called Mamaw Drives the Bus. Yeah. Which is... Which, I forget whose grandma was actually in uh, the video. It was Billy Mack. Billy Mack's Billy grandma? Mac's grandmother, yeah. Yeah. And they were also known for another song called Tripping on Acid. Or uh, Camping, Camping on, on Acid. Acid was their big quote-unquote hit. Yeah. Camping on Acid. So, yeah. And a wonderful cover of Jim Carroll's Car- Jim Carroll's People, People Who, Who Died. Died. Right. Yeah. Which is always kind of running in the back oh, yeah. of my yeah, head yeah. for some reason. It's a great song. A- but if you haven't heard of che- uh, Government Cheese, they've actually just put out a new album not two or three years ago. Yeah. Two, yeah it, so. It's called The Late Show. Yes. Which is a great album. Yes. Please go pick it up. I will say this when the when the book came out their music was not readily available and even and Tommy Womack even acknowledges that in the book of all this stuff I've been talking about you can't listen to unless you have yeah. copies of it Boot I get I get uh, I have a copy of um, come on back to Bowling Green on vinyl that I picked up a few years ago where I, did I, you find that I just I was I was at a local the great escape here locally it's you know they sell that kind of stuff and I just have flipped it it was like oh look and I, I, I bought it so is it in good condition it's in good condition yes. why have you not told me this <laughs> and why have we not done a listening party I know yet? but uh, but the thing is they also put out a best of or greatest hits or something like that about yeah. seven or eight years ago well worth picking up because it's got like they finally got their music back basically because yeah that, cause, we got to read the book bad record deal you know all this kind of stuff there, there are ties to alabama yes there, there's a lot of stuff anyway government cheese definitely worth yeah listening to absolutely so. okay if you're listening guys thank you for the music yes absolutely love so. it thanks all right my number three hmm I'm I'm trying to like work up to something here, <laughs> and because I basically have a one A and one B of bands that should have been big but didn't. But my third one is Monster Magnet. Okay. Well, I say- Monster Magnet had a sort of hit in 1998 with uh, Space Lord. Yes. It found its way into a couple of movies, and of course I cannot remember what they are off the top of my head, because I remember like hearing it like in background, you know, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It is a great rock song. They were always put into that metal, like that heavy metal, and I see why, but they... It was the look and the attitude. Yeah, but they were a lot more like hard rock yeah you know um i don't even know who to compare them to to be honest well there there really isn't they write such their own thing and the thing is is that um that it's funny because like they i'll I'll tell you that they're they their first flirtation with a hit was a song called um Oh shoot! What is it called? Negasonic teenage um, warhead. Teenage Negasonic. warhead. The reason I got I the Negasonic that. teenage, and I was like, yeah, because and the thing is, if you've seen Deadpool, yeah, the Negasonic teenage warhead. Yes, yeah. is and that comes from yeah that, that song because um, Dave Windorf their lead singer and pretty much the only one that's still like he's been the only consistent person a big comic book fan like big comic book fan and you yeah. see like throughout their albums you see like a lot of the of, influence of, yeah i mean modok is dropped at one point which that's a deep cut yeah. uh on their album god says no it, it there's there's a line this <clears> is something he it's something to the effect of i i don't understand why more people didn't cry on the day that jack kirby died 
you know i mean it's one of those yeah. type things you know but anyways dopes to infinity came out negasonic teenage warhead got play on mtv in the mid 90s and it's one of those those songs where if i told you that name you'd be like what because it's one of those songs that the name doesn't actually land in the song and the chorus has another line that you would think was the name of it called like just uh, it keeps saying i will deny you in it that and that's not the name of the song okay <laughs> i will say this as much as i like these guys that was the only decent thing on that album was that one song <laughs> <laughs> when power when uh um power trip came out which yeah. is the one that has um space uh, lord. space lord on it that album is good from beginning to end. Yeah. There is not a bad song on there. And then a few years later, they put out God Says No. Again, there is not a bad song on either one of those on, from beginning to end on there. I think their biggest problem is timing. When they, when they hit in the mid-90s, their style of music was not being played on the radio. Yeah, that's true. They, it was because it's one of those things. They were definitely not part of the hair metal stuff. No. They were not part of the Seattle they scene. They were not part of the Seattle scene. They were in this weird whatever in the middle. You know, like I'll tell you somebody, and it's another band that could possibly be on this, is Clutch. Yeah. I can see the two of them touring together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's, a, here's cool. In 98, because they had put out um, Power Trip, Marilyn Manson had put out um, Mechanical Animals. Yeah, which was an yeah, okay album. Which is a, it was different, but I, I, I liked that album quite a bit. It, it had three or four songs off it that I liked, yeah. and then the rest of it I was kind of like, eh. Yeah. And then Hole had put out Hole. Uh, Celebrity Skin. Yeah. All came out. Well, they, the three of them toured together on that, and I was until Courtney Love pulled out of it, you know, no pun intended. Courtney uh, Love pulled out of the pulled out of the the tour, but it was one of those things that like that that actually putting those three bands together made perfect sense. Yeah, but that was probably the biggest exposure that they they got during yeah, that time that, period. There wasn't much. Uh, I know that Dave Windorf is still touring and still you know still putting out music, and um, some of what I've heard uh, there was one of them was called Monolith that came out several years back that was pretty good um i still think those power trip and and god said no are like their two yeah i think those are the two that really i can see so that. uh but yeah monster magnet victim of timing more than anything you know i think you know they could have they could have in the late 80s they probably could like in the wake of guns and roses when things were starting to go a little more that route yeah i think they could have probably you know hit during that time period so yeah so yeah monster magnet number three okay um what, what's on my since uh, you've got let's the list see over here it. let me see what we got here once again this one is the fault of uh kevin my, my buddy kevin <laughs> connor who's up in louisville uh, mighty mighty boston there we go they had just come out See, now I'm going to pull one of your tricks. I can't remember what album it <laughs> okay. is. Okay, well, let me go ahead and say this. Yeah. You would know Mighty Mighty Boss Tones because they had a fairly good, a fairly big hit in 97 called The Impression That I Get. Which was the downfall. Yeah, it, it did of, not. I was aware of Mighty Mighty Boss Tones prior to this. Um, oh, here's the other thing. They were the. Skycore, The Devil and More was they the were, album that I came in on. They were the band in Clueless that they went to go see. Yeah. And. Well, you know, I, no, I take. I, I was looking at this. Yeah. Um, the song you're talking about, that was actually off of Skycore, okay. The Devil and More. That's a great song. That okay. whole album is great. It's the Clueless song. Okay, yeah, I forget what the name of the song was. It was on. I could probably look it up. Stupid. But that, but yeah, they were in the movie Clueless. They played in the band, you know, and this was it was off their album. Let's face it, yeah, which is where they got. It was, uh, but yeah, but then, like I said, in '97, no, the impression that there. I get hit really big, and like you couldn't turn the radio on without hearing that. Uh, whenever ska was kind of at its 
zenith i believe you know and the, that's when you got no it was impression that guys yeah, yeah 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 sorry i'm yeah, going off one, of lack of sleep that was off the clueless and that was the one where they kind of get went a little soft in my yeah, opinion so. the the song that for i first got introduced to him on was off of the devil scott cormore mm-hmm. was someday i suppose okay which was incredible and then i bought the album and the whole album is great and then i kind of got caught into it and i bought like everything after that like devil's night out more noise another disturbance don't know how to party questioning answers was not that great Hmm. (laughs) but you know we're, we're talking about if you if you were from that era and you had you listened to any kind of ska core at all that was one of you they were almost considered mainstream because they had had some hits on the radio mm-hmm. and the live show which i saw them once again at a local place here called 328 mm-hmm. was incredible it was absolutely amazing and once again that was a show that i went to go see with kevin and the pit at that show was like nothing i'd ever been in before it was literally oh, the 90s when you moshed everything <laughs> it was literally shoulder to shoulder yeah they were pa- i'm sure it was over fire code i have no doubts in my oh. mind it was over fire code. yes and it was like being caught in an ocean wave mm-hmm. and you had no control at all because it was the audience was just moving back and forth and it was like a great big giant ouija board nobody knew who was moving what <laughs> yeah it was it was amazing um, dicky was on his game that night it was just an amazing show cool and that's from there i started getting into other bands like skank and pickle and some of those other mm-hmm. scott core stuff i saw them in 99 i think it was a co-headlining thing if i'm not mistaken them and the offspring I hate the offspring. And I got tickets for free. I'm like, sorry. I'm going to say it right now. I hate the let's offspring. Put it, let's put it this way. I'm going to take a bite of my sandwich. You guys can just most everyone, it. Most everyone that was at that show got their tickets for free. They even like the Dexter Holland from even like made a joke about it. He's like, oh, how many people got in for free? You know, because <laughs> they had that bad of a time selling tickets. Um, but yeah, I did see the Boston's there. I actually saw all of their set, whereas I only watched a little bit of Offsprings, and then we left. Can we so. can we just all agree on something? Hmm. Everybody hates the Offspring. I like some of the Offspring. Some. Everybody hates the Offspring. So, but that's all. Bands that people hate, that's another, that's another episode. So, of course, that could just be Nickelback and Creed, just be one, two, one, two, one, two, one, oh, all the way down. So, no. anyway. All right. So, we're on to my number four. Right, did you even say anything else about the Boston's? If you buy the early stuff, if you're going to go out and pick up Boston's, get the early stuff. Don't don't get some of the newer stuff because they kind of mellowed out trying to get some radio hits, mm-hmm. and it's just not as good. Okay. My number four. Like I said, I've, I've kind of been building to something here. Is this what you've been building up to? Uh, the next well, one? this is basically 1A and 1B of the this these last two bands that I'm going to talk about there's no reason that they should not have been huge I'm listening okay first one the number four is a little band named Concrete Blonde Oh, you've been obsessed with this band. I freaking forever. love Concrete Blonde. Uh, they had one moderate hit in 1990. Joey. Called Joey, yes. And you've probably heard it. I mean, it's 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 wound up in a lot of stuff. It, it was in that alternative right before alternative broke you know um them and Ten Thousand maniacs oh and, yeah you know okay. like that kind of that era. yeah like that era right before like 
alternative really broke big. The you reason know? I know about Concrete Blonde, I forget what the song it was, but they had covered a song or did a song for the movie Pump Up the Volume. Yes, they did Everybody Knows. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they did a couple like they did a few covers. Which I tell that, that version of that Leonard Cohen song yes. is probably one of my favorites. Was, I I like the, what they did with it. What they and the whole thing is uh, John Napolitano, their lead singer, has got a voice like you would not believe. I mean, she has got. I mean, it's one of those things. She's got a very soulful voice without being obnoxious. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and it's one of those things where. When she belts it out, she belts it, but she also knows how to pull back. Yeah. You know, it, it's which is so many singers don't know how to do that. They 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 just belt and that's it. And it's like, no, sometimes a whisper is better than a scream. You know, this <laughs> is well that's one of the things that makes her such a great singer yes. is that she's got the dynamic range. Right. And she's also the bass player in the band. And, you know, so it's one of those things where like, you know, she you know she actually plays instruments you know that kind of stuff yeah they uh started off on irs records same company that uh, the same record label that rem was on actually they were they originally were named dreams dream six i believe was the name of it if i'm not was dream six or dream nine or something like that okay concrete blonde came from they were named by michael stipe he like gave them that name uh, that i did not yes know. and you know they were label mates and that kind of stuff Man, they they run the gamut. I don't know. They're they're a good rock band, but they blues rock. Yeah, but Very blues they rock. also have some punk influence. They have, I mean, they have some soul influence. I mean, it's all over the place. They they flirted. They they had you know mind like they had a lot of like college radio exposure. Okay. Uh, God is a bullet was one of the songs that you know that kind of stuff. It was admission. Okay, I actually subscribed to College Music Journal back okay. when the magazine came with the disc, right. so you could see what was. Yeah, I was one of those. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where I actually heard Concrete Blonde right. for the first time. Uh, but when, but in 1990, they released. Um, I think it was their fourth. It was their fourth album, and it was called Bloodletting, and that's the album that broke them. Uh, bloodletting the song opens the album and it's about a vampire it's about someone who has had an alter uh, has had an encounter with a vampire and now they're a vampire and they're trying to figure out what happens next you know and it's one of those things that it's it's kind of got that goth aesthetic to it very Anne Rice, like I was going to say, it, it seemed yes. like it came out about the same time the movie or the books well, this, one came it was out. One of the, the books were in public. The movie was several years later, but it's one of those things that like the whole album isn't like that, but it has a definite dark feel to it. They eventually cover, and the very last song on there is a song called "Tomorrow Wendy," which is a cover. Yeah, the, but everybody in the world that played guitar learned that song yes. because it was the easiest way to pick up girls at the time. Yeah, and it, it was a great song. Um, anyway, Concrete Blonde, I, the, their first five albums, you can't go wrong with any of them. After that, they broke up. The last one, the last, Mexican was their follow-up to Bloodletting. They broke up after that, and they kind of went off whatever. Then she put a version of the band back together a few years later and put out uh, an album that was completely in Spanish. It was still called Concrete Blonde, but it was it was like, what? And then hmm. they didn't do anything again for a number of years, and then they came back in the early 2000s, and um, that album was called... I cannot remember the name of the album off the top of it. It wasn't that great, I'll be honest. They put out a couple things here and there. They tour, and it's one of those things that she now lives in Joshua Tree, California. She's a tattoo artist. Mm. Um, they and it's kind of one of those things that they they don't tour anymore. They just kind of book shows and like they're like, okay, we're gonna go out for like two weeks and do three or four shows, three or four or five shows or whatever, and then we may not do anything else the rest of the year. They're just kind of one of those bands now. It's like, okay. I'm not going to lie. That kind of sounds like fun. It it really does, you know. But Concrete Blonde, any of their first five, you can can do great with it. But I would say pick up Bloodletting because that album from beginning to end, there's not a bad song. And it really kind of gives you a look at what the 90s were about to become. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll let you have that one. Okay. All right. 
What's, what is your number me, four? Let's see. We've done that one. We've done that one. We're going to go with Sponge. Sponge. Okay, Sponge. It they were they were kind of in between the metal and the the grunge stuff. They're out, I can tell you, they're out of Detroit. They're out of Detroit. I can tell you that much. Um, they kind of got lumped in a little bit, kind of behind Stone Temple Pilots a little bit. They were kind of always in that same playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, the major album that they had was Wax Wax Ecstatic. Uh, I think it was Rotting Pinata. Was it Rotting Pinata? Rotting Pinata is the one that's got plowed and is Molly it? on it. Yes. Uh, yes. Wax Static came later. The the song. Okay, here you go. Um, because Wax Static was Wax Static is a good song. I mean, it's a good it's a good song too, but it's a good album. Yeah. Uh, what you may know Sponge from is the movie Empire Records. Cloud is on that soundtrack. Okay, that's one of my favorite yes record or movies. Yeah, you know. Empire Records. Um, they're on a yeah. They're on that soundtrack. That song Cloud is on there. You know it if you've seen the movie. You know you know the song. There's no two no ifs ands buts about it. Uh, you know, Drag Queen of Memphis was also on Wax Static. Okay, which was a great. Uh, song. Have you seen Mary? Was on that one, right? Um, no, I think that was Rotting Piano. Was that on Rotting Pinata also? Okay. No, actually, none of their hits were Molly. Molly and Plowed were off of Rotting Pinata. Yeah, okay. Their their other quote unquote hit was a song called Molly. You probably know it as Sixteen Candles Down the Drain" because that's what everyone thinks that song's name is. But it's called Molly. Another alt rock banger from the early well, the <laughs> the early mid aughts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that 94 95 you know I'm era i'm actually not <laughs> seeing have you seen mary on any of these albums not, was I, that it, them or was that cracker no um, that was not cracker that was that was, that was definitely them i'm just not i know that have you seen mary was featured in or it wasn't featured but it was in the movie chasing amy Yes, they're in the when they're in the. It might have been store. a one-off for the soundtrack. Yeah, no, there's not a soundtrack for that movie. No, there's not. There's okay. not an official soundtrack for that movie, which this, sucks. Because see, see, the boss this, tones. I did not know the boss tones. Uh, the impression that I get is on that is in that movie also. Okay, but there's not an official soundtrack to that. Now, a friend of mine many years ago and I know this is a side but a friend of mine many years ago tracked down all the songs that are in that movie yeah. and put them together so I actually have like a compilation of all the songs that are in there okay uh, but yes but for me Sponge was one of those bands that was just kind of always there it was always yes. in the playlist I had I never got to see them live I never did figure out why the guy had a gold front tooth. The lead singer, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, I was like, I never figured that out. It was definitely during the heroin chic days because he's he's nothing more than flesh and bone. And you never in the videos you never actually see an actual like good view of him. It's always in the background or some it's kind on, of that was on Wax Static. Was Have it? You seen Mary? Yes. I don't know how I missed that thing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I thought, I thought that was on there. That was their but other kind of radio hit. So. It, it's definitely one of those summer windows down. Yes. Nighttime. Plowed is such a good song. Crank it up. I mean, band. Plowed is such a good song. Yeah. And then so was Molly. And so man, the song Wax Ecstatic is yeah. a good song also. Yeah. Uh, again, like they flirted with it. But those two at those two albums were kind of it for them. I mean, I I think they had stuff after that, but 
but they just kind of faded away. Another bite of sandwich That's for it. me. Uh, which you know that these again goes back to our rules of they had some minor hits, but they just never quite never quite punched yeah, through. They never quite punched through. Okay, anything else about Sponge? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, pick up Rotting Pinata. Great album. Great so, album. And well, so, so is Wax Static. Pick up both of those. Pick up both of those and just put them in your collection. And yes, when we say pick them up, we're talking about physical media <laughs> because I am a hard nosed Gen Xer. I still believe in physical media. If you're not picking up physical media, you're going to lose all your stuff. Only physical media I own these days is um, I still like buy DVDs or not or Blu-rays from time to time, but as far as music goes, is vinyl. That's about the I, uh, I buy all vinyl. of my stuff. All of my stuff is I buy digital CDs. these days. So um, I have been known to. I buy don't even the, own a CD player anymore. So. I have I have been known. I, I do. Really? Um, I've been known to actually. In fact, I've got one of those hundred disc carousels out in the garage. I don't have hooked wow. up to right now. now. That's a relic from the past. I love so. that thing. Um, <laughs> all right, but yeah, I, I buy all physical media. I've even been known to buy cassette tapes. Yeah. No. Oh, speaking of which, um, there's a place up the road we need to go to. Okay. Remind so, me after the show. All right. Here is my one A. Concrete Blonde was my one B. Dun dun dun. The replacements. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I came to the replacements late, admittedly. Okay. I remember way back when the seeing the video for Bastards of Young on MTV and thinking, what in the world is this? Because it is such an anti video. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. None of them appear in it. It's basically you never see like there's one guy, he walks into like this crappy little apartment and starts playing the album and all you see is him sitting there like from behind smoking and and you know, it's just basically the song's playing and then he like destroys some stuff and walks out. That's it. And I was like, This flies in the face of everything that I love about music videos, <laughs> you know because at that time I haven't seen that video. Yeah, I'm gonna have to at look the it up. Time, now. You know, it was big dramatic stuff. You know, we're talking you know the hairband stuff as well as you know i mean that we're talking this was in 80 i saw the video now i saw the video i think in like early 1990 or something like which had been out for a little bit at that point anyway all that aside the replacements i came to later um at a, a job that i worked at i worked in the music like a I worked in a, like a record store basically and it was one of those things that the guy I worked there with was kept playing them and I was like man who is this who like I just it was like it just like who is this you know and I wound up buying all their stuff and just absorbing it and ever since then I mean that was 20 years ago and I'm still a huge fan as a matter of fact right now I'm listen I'm reading I'm, I'm actually listening to the audiobook but there is a, uh, a biography of them that came out a couple of years ago called Trouble Boys by okay. Bob Mayer, and it is phenomenal. But the problem with the replacements, even though they had the songs, they had the musicianship, they had the look even, the problem is they couldn't get out of their own way. I mean, they, they're they they're from Minneapolis, that whole Minneapolis punk thing, you yeah. know, uh, you know, them and Husker Du and Soul Asylum and you know all that type of stuff. Soul Asylum. Yeah, I almost put Soul Asylum on here, but I think they were big enough. For they a while were. They were they big. Were, yeah. yeah. And, but and it's still one of my favorite bands. Yes, same here. I've seen them. Three I've seen them multiple times. times yeah. yeah, but it's one of those things with the replacements that they just they man they were notorious for for being drunk on stage and just sounding like crap i mean it was like it was almost like it was a part of the show they performed on saturday night live one time you know all bands do two 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 yeah they were on one time they got so drunk and they they uh oh i I should say that would be them and fear yeah their their lead singer was paul westerberg of course 
uh, who's gone on to have, you know, moderate, you know, he's, he's known as a great songwriter and, you know, and, and he's a solo artist and stuff like that. But Westerberg dropped the F bomb on live on television. Uh, Bob Stinson, their guitar player, showed his his ass on television <laughs> like literally quite literally it was, and it was one of those moon in new york and it was night, one of those things where they did not perform their second song <laughs> it was like, you know them in fear so, yeah so it's one of those like they and they were notorious for that type of stuff of they had a song on their please to meet me or no excuse me on their um i don't know what please to meet me what was the album it was their it was their last studio album they did that was called uh, Talent Show that they performed on at the time. I remember there was a show there was a because it was back when everything was getting an awards and they had like a rock awards you know, international rock awards or whatever and they performed a song called Talent Show and there's a line in there about um, something about the pills that we took or something like that and they asked it was like, it aired on ABC and they were like please don't you like change that line you know whatever so they did. But then when it got down to the end of it and they're like, you know, like playing out or whatever, Westerberg gets up in the mic and just starts going pills, 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 pills. They were that type of band that just in reading their book. Yeah, they were. The, this is the type of band that they were. They hated the idea of selling out so much that when they were on the road and they were given their per diems that they would just like tear it up and throw it away like they were handed cash and like one of their things they would do when they got the per diem was that they would like do this ritual where they would all like stand around a circle and tear up the money and then walk off. <laughs> That's <laughs> this is the type of band we're talking about. Okay, as a they, fat boy, that just hurts me. They just could not get out of their own way. Is uh, basically what it came down to. I'm sorry if I'm getting paid to play music, I'm going to take that money and take it happily here, and say thank you. Here is the thing. And, and this is a band that I almost put on there. One of their big influences was big star okay okay they have a song called alex chilton that is amazing and actually they recorded please to meet me in memphis at the same studio that big star uh, recorded all their stuff and alex chilton plays on a couple of the songs really? and he actually produced a couple of the songs that i did not know yes I mean, they are, they were, they, you know, that's. So you're giving me stuff that I didn't know. And yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not giving you much of anything other you than know, I really like this band. And the thing is, is that like my buddy Ronnie, the, who's like the biggest Bon Jovi fan. Love you, met. Ronnie. Yeah, I know. We, yeah, we do love Ronnie. You're, you're, you know you're, Ronnie just the same as I do. You Tico know? Jr. Yeah, exactly. But it's one of those things that several years ago when we kind of, you know, quote, got the band back together, you know, for a friend of, for a friend of ours birthday party, we did one of their songs. You know, we did Bastards of Young, which is one of my favorite songs by them. And I, honestly, I think it's probably the epitome of a Generation X song, especially if you look at the lyrics. And we were we were playing this we were playing this little dive bar, and it was one of those things that Ronnie like. After I introduced him, he was like, "Who is who are these guys?" You know, I was like, "It's the replacements." And he was like, "Man," he's like, "When did they come out?" I was like, "Well, they were during the '80s." You know, I was like, "They," and it's one of those things they have long-reaching like. They're they're kind of like Big Star. They're an influencer. Band. It's, it's kind of like Big Star or the Velvet Underground, where they talk about not many people not many people heard them, but the people who heard them went and started bands. They you know, were they were influencers. very very much one of those very much influencers. And so it was one of those things that I, I turned him on to them. He was like, "Man, you've introduced me to somebody I never even you know would." I was like, "Yeah, exactly." Anyways, the story is we played that song. We did Bastards of Young. And here's where we're going to get our explicit tag, uh, tag. But we were sitting there and we got finished with it. And like the place was kind of like. I'm going to uh, ask, what dive bar in Nashville was it? Oh, it was Springwater. Springwater. Uh, yeah, it was, it okay. was Rob's 40th birthday party. You know, I like, think I showed up I think you were. Yeah. And we did that song. And, and like most of the people that I knew that were standing around the front were kind of like, all right, what's this song? We don't know this, you know, whatever. But all the way where we were at the bar at the back of the room, as soon as this as the uh, as soon as it was over, somebody I don't know who it was. I don't think it was any of our people. It was just someone who was there. All of a sudden, I hear this, just like this big clapping. I hear this, "Fuck yeah!" Oh, <laughs> there's our explicit. Oh, he said a dirty word. But it, but it was one of those things where it was like, 
yes, exactly. That guy gets it. He knows <laughs> that was for him. You know, that, that was kind of one of those, you know, you do that sometimes. Sometimes you play, you, you play songs that you know that everybody's going to like, and sometimes you know there's going to be that one person who hears that song and goes, oh, yeah, that's what I needed to hear tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's yeah. the replacements. Pick up anything that they did. Uh, they have some <clears throat> compilations. Um, All or Nothing is a, you know, like a kind of a best of. It's pretty good. But definitely pick up Tim. Okay. And um, Pleased to Meet Me and All Shook. Let's see. Tim, Please to Meet Me, and All Shook Down are three albums that you can pick up, and you're not going to go wrong with any of them. So, so what you're saying is buy everything. I would say, well, no. I'll. Their early stuff's kind of rough. Like, they were, like, really trying to be punk, and they change quite a bit to where they become more of that power pop, okay. you know, type stuff. Um, their first album is called Stink. and It stunk? It's all right. You know, it was that, and then there was Sorry Moff Got to Take Out the Trash, which is kind of it was like a live album, and it, you really get the feel of what they were like live, <laughs> and it's Ooh. not, yeah. Uh, it's a very I'm, honest album. I'm not it's a, a big very fan honest of, album. So <laughs> I'll admit, I'm not a big fan of live albums anyway. Uh, there's a few good ones out there, but that's a whole other episode to go into. So anyway, yeah. that's my, my that's, that's why, you, that's that's why number, number one is The Replacements. Okay, here we go. All right. This is this is my big one. And it may be a little controversial because folks that know definitely know. So do you remember a certain metal magazine? Which one? Called Rip Magazine. Yes, I remember Rip. I actually subscribed to it at mm-hmm. one point. Because let's admit it, we were all metal yes, metal we were heads. back there in the day. I, I am a... still a metalhead. I admit <laughs> it. I like a lot of other music too, but mm-hmm. I I tend towards the heavy side. Okay. And this epi- this 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 certain magazine from Rip came in, and it had this band on the front of the magazine, and they didn't look like anything I'd seen before. Mm-hmm. And I read the article and immediately went, I've got to have this album. And I found it on cassette tape and played it all the way through, flipped it over, played it all the way through, and flipped it over. And it was like that until I, I basically wore the thing out. And the band was Mother Love Bone. Okay. And great band, by the way, a band that should have hit it huge had it not been for the tragic overdose of Andy Wood. Yes, band that should have been big but couldn't because they, no pun intended, they were DOA. I mean, it yeah. was album came out, lead singer dies, that's it, that's it. Yeah, it, it was a one and done, yes. and it was, it's an absolute shame. Because that band should have been the biggest band in the world. We're going to do a whole episode about Mother Love Bone at some point. Uh, if you say so. No, we are. Okay. I mean, that's Mother Love Bone is the reason that we have Pearl Jam. That's all I'm going to say at this point. We will, we will cover it at a different time. Let's just talk this, Mother Love Bone at this, this point. Because here's the thing. Andy Wood. You had Stone Gossard. Yeah. That's a name that people know playing yeah. guitar. And you had Jeff Ament on bass. Yeah. Okay. And also No, no, that that, that was it. No. It was yes. one, one no, of the, no, it wasn't. That was just it was just those two. Uh because uh there were the Pearl Jam's original drummer came in later. Yeah. Uh, the, he he played they did the album Temple of the Dog is yes. all about uh, Andy Wood. It is. That entire album is dedicated to him. They, it was written because they, all those bands loved him. I mean, him and Chris Cornell were tight. 
did some I mean, songwriting together. Yeah, I mean, it was that whole Green River Society. Right. Um, another one that you, you may not know, and I didn't know this for a long time, but the song Far Behind by Candlebox yeah, is about, about Andy, Andy Wood. Wood. Yeah, no, I absolutely I mean, it, knew that. That's one know, of the reasons why I bought that Candlebox album yeah. in the first place. So, I mean, it's one of those things that his death was far-reaching on multiple levels you know talking about influencer bands yes absolutely this this band when they dropped their rock in the pond yeah this thing rippling this thing is still rippling today yes uh i guess i know they released a single for dog star champion dog star champion but i think the song that probably defines them the best is this is shangri-la yeah that's a good one too that that both of those songs are yeah huge and then they had it was a chloe dancer and there there was there was several that they you know that that songs that that kind of made it into things here and there it was funny because like this is shangri-la back when and this is you're gonna wonder where I'm going here, but it, it was many actually, years ago. It was ago, actually a double song. Yeah, it was, it was Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns. Yeah, that's what it was. I knew it was a. I couldn't remember the other Holy part. Roller was Holy another Roller big was one on for that them. one. Yeah, but uh, this is Shangri La. Actually, wound up on one of the soundtracks for EA Sports NCAA football. Yeah, it was on there. It was like one like in 05 what? or 06 or something like that. Yeah, it's like one back. Yeah, it was one of them that was on there. It was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. when it first started playing. I was like, you, you're joking, right? So, but you I know, mean, the Pixies that, were also on that one as that, well as some other stuff. That so. first album, just going right down the middle. Pixies is a band that could have oh, been on this, yeah. you know. It's <laughs> um, that first Mother Love Bone album. Yes, this is Shangri La, Star Dog Champion, Holy Roller, Bone China, Come Bite the Apple, Star. That's the one I was trying to remember. The Bite the Apple. Um, yeah. Heart Shine, Captain. I mean, there's not a bad song on this stupid album. Mm-hmm. And they basically, the album that had them, basically, and that was that was the one that made it big. The original album was called Apple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's basically the same thing. But um, the one that, that came out in 90, the one they put out in 92, which is just the Mother Love Bone, is basically all those songs and then some extras that they had right, left over right. that had already been recorded. So, and yeah. that That's the band that should have been the bridge between the heavy metal, the hard rock, and the scene that was getting ready to hit up in Seattle. That That's kind of the linchpin band from the late 80s early 90s for me hmm. yeah sorry i was just okay yeah they yeah it, it is that was a true tragedy um they wound up on the they were on the soundtrack for singles as well they had a song on that another great soundtrack yes yeah absolutely and it was also in the movie Early on, uh, Kira Sedgwick's character, like, they're her and her girlfriend, or like her her friend, are sitting outside of a, of of a um, oh, a club up there, you know, like yeah. whatever. And it's it's a wide shot, and there's a big mural <coughs> that says "Mother Love Bone" yeah. across the side of the of the thing. You know, it's one of those. See, and yeah, Mother Love Bone was so influent influential for that Seattle. Like they they were the band that should have broke out of there as the biggest thing to come out of Seattle in yep. a while to kind of like kick kick all that and it's funny because they're not grunge by any no, stretch they 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 were just a good hard rock band yeah there was a little glam a little I mean punk a little all kinds of stuff that was in there and they just Andy Wood was just as a performer the guy had so much charisma yeah and yeah and. Uh, you can almost hear the pain in our voices. I know We're talking it's about so this it's band like, because you, we, all right, look, we loved here's them the thing. So much. Like you said, if you go and listen to that Temple of the Dog album, you know, say hello to heaven, yeah, straight up. But there's another song on there called Reach Down that's like 11 minutes long. It's got this huge guitar solo in the middle of it. But if you just look at the lyrics of that, yeah, of Chris Cornell is singing, you can tell this is someone who's mourning a very very dear friend yeah and it is it's well, just that, such a good that sound. first pearl jam album if, if you listen to mother love bone you hear yes jeff Amen and stone gossard right. and the work they did with that band 
and you immediately go and compare it to that first Pearl Jam album, mm-hmm. you can hear how angry they are. Oh yeah, absolutely. How depressed absolutely, they are. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean the the pain of losing that guy is coming right. through so hard on that album. It's just that's so what made that first Pearl Jam album. So basically, what, what we're saying is that heroin is to blame for us having Eddie Vedder. Because <laughs> wow. I do not like Eddie Vedder. I, I wasn't going to go there, but <laughs> we're going to do a whole out. We're going to do a whole about Folks, the Love Bone and their influence. Stay and, away from yeah. the heroin. Completely stay yeah, away. Or from else the you heroin. wind up with Eddie Vedder. That's. Uh. <laughs> Wow. Did not see that coming. That was totally out of left field. Uh, anyway. It's so correct. Eddie Vedder causes heroin. Or right, heroin, heroin causes, causes Eddie, Eddie Vedder. Vedder. That's the. That's a bumper sticker. That is. <laughs> so anyway. That is, that is just savage. Anyway, that's our top 10 list of bands that should have been big who never made it for various reasons. Um <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, and and one and one major dig at Eddie Vedder. Uh, oh. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, this is a this is a uh, the Project X podcast. Um, we're going to be back with some more episodes. Uh, if you haven't heard already, we dropped one uh, about the crow, and it's good. I, I mean, we had we were we were still getting our feet, but it's good. It, and, it you can tell we're new to this. Yes. you can tell we're kind of figuring things out as we go and. There may be a lot of... Mm. Yeah, well, we, we got to do some editing on it, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm Alan. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.